What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 27 of The Overview. I'm Chamian V, and joined today by the laughing Jason every single time I intro this show. What's up, Jason Kaplan? I was just thinking, like, maybe if complexity actually won tournaments, Harpy would have a webcam. Oh. I would have to use a picture. I haven't what are you talking about? He been introduced there. yet. He's there. I Look, been... he's got oh the. You know, he's just in the middle of a match, but he's you know he's, he's the got best the pleasure of doing us. He didn't even introduce me yet, and you're already firing <laughs> shots. That's the that's the way this is gonna go, I guess today. <laughs> I want to welcome to the show the captain of the Complexity Overwatch team. He's a captain. He's, uh, are you gonna, captain? Torque's gonna be. Oh no, sorry. I, I yeah, mean, okay, I guess I, captain. I, I, guess. I am now. I am now. No, I he am. Is. It's we official here, released on the chairman. He's. So. We, uh, he's my favorite. Really Roadhog. How about okay, captain, not captain, actually. but he's my favorite Roadhawk on on Team Complexity. Well, how about that? How about Star Carry? How about Star Carry? Star Carry of the. We'll uh, say. We'll say that. Right. Why do we have Torque on the show? Oh man! But welcome to the show, man. Thank you. It is uh, it's it's all right to be here. It's all right <laughs> to be here. Wow. Okay. All right. I, I hear you. I hear you. But uh, anyways, well, we got lots to talk about this week. Uh, we didn't have a show last week, so um, you know, lots of two weeks worth of stuff. Season two definitely in full swing at this point, and I think we should talk about just what our experiences are, what we like about it, what what, what things like we'd like to see changed too. Uh, meta changes obviously uh, in full swing. Lots of different characters. We're actually seeing different support players and maybe even some some defensive characters mixed in there at times uh and then some community news we've got a major person at blizzard retiring got a developers update and then lots of esports news which uh, we'll dive into with teams as well as events like the world cup and uh even world the cup. Overwatch open that's coming up too okay so let's talk about uh season two just i guess us playing overwatch what we've been doing this week uh, Harblu, since you're our guest, what, what you been up to in terms of Overwatch this week? Well, um, it turns out that I'm the only one on my team who actually plays the game outside of scrims. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I've been uh, actually enjoying Season 2 and all the changes quite a bit. I got Grandmaster, which I'm pretty proud of myself nice. about. Quick, quick uh, pat on the back. Um, you got in NA, man. What does that really mean? Oh. Try, try to get in Europe. The toughest oh. region. <laughs> Europeans win one tournament, and just this is what happens. Just we'll see, <laughs> we'll see after uh, after E League, but uh, well, yeah, so the, it's, it's, the been, question, uh, it's been good. The question is, are you still in Grandmaster, or, or did you just have like? I was. I got it again last night. Okay, then I, okay. Then I uh, duo queued with Zoms and uh, Pokeballs and lost both those games. <laughs> so go ahead and blame them because uh, I got it solo queue all by myself. So. But that's what it is. Were you? Did oh, you get fun. the that Grandmaster when you were streaming over uh, at your, uh, your stream? What's your stream channel? I wanted to go watch you. I just forgot what it was. A quick, a quick plug: Twitch.tv/harblue. Feel free to tune in tonight. I'll be streaming again. Sorry wow. about that. We're jumping to the shoutouts already. Like five minutes into the show, <laughs> this is now, amazing. Can I actually? We'll, we'll see you guys next week, guys. <laughs> Grandmaster back. Uh, Monday through Fridays at like six to uh, seven. Norm- uh, no, I'm I'm late night. I have to do it after scrims at like twelve thirty a.m. So uh, uh, you know, yeah. so, but uh, let's uh, enough enough selling out. <laughs> yeah. So season two. Um. So what are the things that I guess you particularly liked about the changes, and maybe some things that you you'd like to see change? Uh, well, I'll go first on this. So yeah, as a sure. player, like, uh, so the huge thing for me I like yeah. is 
um, as a flex, uh, I there's so many more he heroes that are like viable for my role now. Like before, mm -hmm. if you're a flex, that essentially meant that you played Zarya. Like that was it. Like before season two of the patch and everything, that's what flex was. Uh, but now with the um, Zenyatta nerfs, that's actually opened up like a lot more heroes that weren't that viable before, and also some of the other changes. Like now, Roadhog is starting to see quite a bit more playback in the meta, and with the, some of the changes, May is actually a lot better in Junkrat too. So mm -hmm. for me, particularly as Flex, there's a lot more heroes I'm allowed to play, which just makes the game way more fun for me. How, how, what are your thoughts on just the whole draws and you know just how the time bank system's working right now? Uh, I'm still not sure if I prefer it over just the. I mean, I prefer it over season one. How coin flip obviously. Like, that was, <laughs> I think uh, everybody well, prefers. Like I like I like uh, time bank way more than that. Now, in terms of like tournaments using time bank, I'm still not 100 percent sure if I think it's better than just stopwatch was. But uh, I our team hasn't really played in a tournament yet where we've done it like in a real competitive setting. So I haven't had like full time to test it. But mm -hmm. in scrims, it's been it's been okay. I think uh, I can see it working out fine. I'm, like I said, I'm not sure if I like it more than just like stopwatch, but it's been pretty good so far. I mean, the events right now, Jason, aren't most events playing a tiebreaker for the draw situations? Um, I don't know what Ghost is doing. Mm -hmm. um, the way it used to be if there was a tie, at least in the Atlantic Showdown, there was a tiebreaker map. It was like a king of the hill, best of three, not best of five. I don't know if, if Ghost is using that, but then, you know, past... So there's not really many other tournaments going on right now. There's the Levana one. Yeah. Um, I would assume there's like, like a, there's a King of the Hill playoff mm -hmm. for that. That's like, usually in, what in people the, are doing. Yeah. Yeah. It, with the World Cup, though, they they did a different a different little thing, but we can get inside a little bit. Okay. Cool. Um, you know, my one, season two experience. Yeah. Um, actually, it's pretty. It's been pretty nice. Um, I guess I got really lucky in most of my games because I in my placements I went like six three and one, but like in generally hey, so every game minus hey. one. Hey, high five, bro. We did um it. What did, you, <laughs> did, what did yeah. you start at six three and one? Like what what player uh ranking? Um twenty nine seventy. Oh wow. Oh wow, okay. what, a, what a coincidence. I started at thirty three hundred. Yeah, fuck you. Um, I, thought you I thought you couldn't start in diamond. Is that oh that wasn't you, No no you can't Oh I didn't realize you could start in diamond. Okay. Yeah. So the problem I have with season one is that I didn't get to play it until August, so I missed an entire month of it, pretty much, because uh, I was casting every week for four days a week, and yeah. I didn't have like time because I was moving and all this other stuff. So it was nice for me to actually get in on the ground floor with this one. So yeah, I, I started at twenty nine hundred. Um, I'm now at like thirty four, thirty four sixty or something mm -hmm. with like an eight game win streak. So I'm getting seventy points a game. So I'm like being very cautious about every game I play now. But in general, the time bank's nice. It's nice. It's yeah. It's a nice little change. Um, there were some minor tweaks, though, that kind of confused me on capture point maps. So the old way capture point maps went was if you went to overtime, you never got additional time allotted to you. So, yeah, for instance, yeah. if you, uh, you're you on to the second point, you're in overtime, you cap it. And in your first actual round of attacks, you get no time. But if you have more than one second left, but less than two minutes, you get reset to two minutes. Now it just adds a minute to everyone. Mm -hmm. So it adds a minute to the team who went overtime. It adds a minute to the team who... Um, has more time left over. I don't know if I fully agree with that. Like that's, it, 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 it gives place for so much more comebacks. It, it's just a, it's such yeah. a drastic change from the first season to second when it comes to that little that little overtime tick. Yeah, you think the change makes it better for comeback, or you think that the old way was better for comeback? The new change, the new because change, you get an okay. extra minute, and yeah. the fact that you can 
Um, well, actually, I don't know. Yeah, if you go to overtime on the first point, then it's over. You don't actually get a second a, ch- a chance at the second point. But it gives you a second chance. Where on the other side, you just get an extra minute, like a lot of two, which mm, isn't necessarily yeah. a good thing, because um, they get in a minute, and it's always a chance, you know, to catch you off guard or something to make a mistake for the team to capture. So I don't know. It's it's definitely odd. I think it was like a, a pretty significant change. I feel like I don't know. I don't know about you, Harblue. Wait a minute. So so I've actually so yeah, I'm still slightly confused on all the because ch- I know like yeah, if you cap it overtime for the second point now, gives you an extra minute. And then, so when you go back on offense with that minute, if you cap them the first point in overtime, did you say it's over then, or does it give you thirty seconds? Because I know normally does it give you thirty. Yes, it used to give you an additional thirty, 30 then after you cap. Yeah, so that then, first yeah, point. okay, so then that was yeah. I haven't had much experience when it comes to that. I've just seen a couple of cases. So then you get extra, even more time, like yeah. to actually capture the second point, which is extremely favored for teams who are trying to come back and who are already set behind. It's I don't know. I don't know if I well, they really do, they like do give it. time to the other team too, which. Before they didn't, right? Like you just get like these bonus, this bonus time. Yeah, if you had more than if you had more than two minutes mm-hmm. when you capped the second point before, then it just kept you at whatever time you were at. And if you were under two minutes, like say so you capped with like thirty seconds left, yeah. it brought you up to like two minutes. But now uh, it's like uh, Jason said, if you even if you cap like an overtime or anything, now mm-hmm. it just it just straight up gives you a minute regardless after when the next time you go into offense, which I'm not sure if, uh, (laughs) so I don't know if I like it or either. And maybe it's just because I was so used to the old system where it's like, okay, we're on defense. Now they have like 30 seconds left. Even even if they cap out here, let's make sure they cap out in overtime so they don't get another chance on offense. So I don't know if it's just because I'm used to that system, which is why I liked it more. Or so I, I, I don't know which one's better. I'll say, I think the newer one, could be more fair because it was or it could be better for viewers because it was pretty like uh anticlimactic where it was like okay this team now doesn't get another turn on offense so if this other team just caps the first point they win like it was uh i i can see it being almost better for the viewers this way but I'm, yeah i'm not sure if it's like more competitive okay. like this so i'm, I'm not sure if yeah. i like it or not yet. yeah yeah i mean like the fact that originally if you did pull them into overtime on second point it means all you have to do is cap the first point to win. But now you have to defend the first point and potentially second point yep. and still do it again. Right. So it puts right. more work on the team who already had the advantage, which if you look at it in terms of like, oh, the better team should always win, they, they should win. But the chance for upset, I think, is just it's just way too high and it's way too risky uh, Like at the same time. I don't yeah, know. It's, I think 2CP yeah. uh, is one of those game modes where uh, it has more more upset potential than any other one just because of how the map design is how you can like if you cap first really fast yeah you can have a huge ult advantage and just roll through into last with like three or four ults while the defense has none of them so yeah it can be uh one of those game types where like yeah a, a weaker team can upset better teams more often than say like on payload or something yeah but even that it's not really com- it's not like like you said it's better for viewers but it's not really better competitively yeah. the better team should fair. always win yeah, that, well, yeah, that's like, true. From a fair standpoint, I mean, there's not... upsets, but then if the team upsets you, they're playing better, I think. So I don't know. It's it's something to tweak. I mean, I don't. I'm not against them. You know, again, like a large amount of the Overwatch players aren't, you know, at the the pro scene or anything like in the pro sector or anything. So, um, you know, just having this this kind of manufactured, uh, in a way, uh, added thing to to cause potential comebacks is. It's okay to try. We'll see how it ends up. You know, ends up affecting the the top level players. But um, you know, I, the I'm payload. Okay with it. I think, the, like out of all the changes, yeah. the payload one is like insane. Though the the fact that 
you can technically push the payload the entire time and actually finish. And teams have already done that um, back at one of these COW tournaments and even, I think, in a Ghosty Gamers tournament. Just to be able to push the payload the entire way through. See, like that, I'm actually okay with for the fact that if like you're the better team and you can't win a team fight, then the other team should ideally be yeah. able to cap on you. I actually, uh, I actually like that change a lot also. Though. Yeah. It, it actually provides for some super interesting things where if, if you're on defense and you know that the offense like is going to be an overtime where they literally cannot leave the payload, then that's where on defense you can go like specific heroes that like you can go like May and like Zarya, who you literally just with, just like with your ultimate on defense. Like if you have May ult and you just toss it on the cart, like they can't leave the cart, so they're just going to get like frozen and just die there. Or like with Black Hole or something, you can like Black Hole them off the cart and, and then just make them lose. So it provides actually some really interesting strategies, I think. Yeah. And I so I actually do like that change quite a bit. It's been a and scrims and everything like that from testing it's been really fun it can, it can like provide for some really hype games where the offense is yeah like rolling the payload doing overtime and they can't leave the card and the defense is trying to just knock them off like it can be i think it's a really cool change to that one yeah it's one of the reasons why we are seeing more maids too with the change to to maids uh project so she's good. crazy good right now i so, hate her but she's so good she's so fun. So, i do want to talk like since we're talking about things that are a little bit you know potentially from the fairness standpoint, not quite quite uh, there yet. There's still that issue I mentioned even on a, a few shows before where you have that scenario where neither team uh, finishes the first checkpoint or the first uh, capture point, right? Um, and actually, let's just say payload. It's, it's actually payload, Matt. So neither team actually it's completes... It's hybrid, yeah. Yeah, so n n neither of them complete the actual first um, checkpoint. Uh, and you're in a position where, you know, there's just a marker, right? So the first team goes, and then there's a marker, and then the second team has to try to just meet that marker. But that totally gives the advantage to the um, the second... the uh, Let's see, the first team defending. Because the first team defending has the entire clock to determine where the payload ends up where the second team like once you just meet that spot it's over like instantly so like it doesn't matter if you you would have put you know you would have won that team fight like a little bit later and pushed that cart all the way back um it, it doesn't matter because you don't even get a chance to do that so that that's always been a, an issue with fairness i'm not even sure why they do that so i'm not even sure if it's intentional or not well so i can see i can see what you're trying to say here and from my standpoint is so if you're on defense first uh obviously you want to just do like the best defense possible yeah um so were you trying to say that it's it's favored for whoever gets defense first or whoever gets attack first yeah, whoever gets defense first because they have the entire clock to determine where the 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 payload ends up where the second defensive team doesn't like if it ends in the first like if you meet that spot in the first 30 seconds or 60 seconds then it's over instantly. Like the game literally ends right there. You don't get the rest of the clock to like, to, you know, like you don't get the rest of the well, clock yeah, but, to, but, to turn but, that, but that means whoever defended second then just like completely messed up on their offense then. Like they were the ones who didn't push the card as far as they should have. And then, so then they know how far they set. So you can actually go like a different comp specifically knowing that, oh, we have mm -hmm. to stop them on this point or we, we can't let them cap like the streets phase of King's Row. Like we have to stop them in the mid streets. So you can actually specifically change up your comp knowing that they can only push the cart this far um so you can run heroes with like different ults specifically for that so it, it can actually make you play differently and I, I wouldn't actually say it favors um either side like our team actually has absolutely no preference for whichever one we're on first whether it be attack or defense mm -hmm. just because it it's balanced in different ways and it, 
it can force your teams to pace uh, play slightly differently. But yeah. uh, I I don't think it's a huge like impact actually. Yeah, so the the added information, I guess that's true. I mean, you you strategically could play differently based on on just knowing where you need to get. So okay, that makes mm-hmm. sense. That definitely makes sense. Um, also, like I don't know about you guys, and you know, just you playing Flex Hard Blue and Jason. What do you play these days? Like you're playing. What's your I'm actually playing DPS, thank God. See, well, I'm yeah, playing okay. Farah and Mei Main. Okay, then you probably don't have a problem with this, but I play Reinhardt, and you know, I know they made made um some changes to at least how support is rewarded in terms of rank points you know after matches or even losses or wins or whatnot but um and they probably have something in place too from the standpoint of the algorithm for tanks but i feel like reinhardt right now i i'm i feel like i'm losing way more points than i'm gaining even when i'm streaking and I, I think at least from the standpoint of reinhardt's role in a lot of these things a lot of these battles it's not being like a re- rewarded properly or whatnot because I'm 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 at fifty percent and I'm like minus two ten on my rank points and that a two hundred were any of those streaks like were you on a losing streak or ever on winning streaks because those both, both. really affect you yeah both I mean I've, I've probably on equal number of losing streaks and, and winning streaks and I mean it was like massive so like anytime I win I mean it's literally between I would say twenty and thirty five and when I lose it's anywhere from thirty to sixty. And it's just like, man, I mean, I'm like losing, you know, points you know constantly. To, uh, it's... You know how to solve that? Just don't lose. Well, yeah, but... Are you, I just, mean, are you saying so... use the uh, fabled, like, sign of, or the fabled skill of just get good? Just get I mean, good. That's what it sounds like it might have to be. I mean, that's, man, that's so nothing, good. well, it's nothing I've heard of personally with, like, tanks having that issue. I know JKW, uh, well, maybe. Maybe it is. I don't know, but uh, it's particularly. I don't know how, I don't know how they. I don't, I don't know how they issue. factor in everything. Like, does it factor in like damage blocked as to like how good you're doing as Reinhardt? Like, because obviously, I I mm-hmm. think it does like yeah. factor in like healing done and other stuff like that. So I, yeah, I, I'm not sure how they like calculate what your like hidden like MMR and all that other stuff is. So. Well, I, well, I'm hoping it's. I think what I was trying to get at is like I'm hoping it doesn't have that much to do with individual play, because. I've never. I used to be a fan of individual play, and I kind of understood it. But at this point, right now, I'm thinking that it might be too much of a design challenge to actually implement that uh, in the form of you know just the whole balancing and stuff. Because you know, especially with Reinhardt, I mean, there's all kinds of different strategies that involve Reinhardt that don't result in you know stats. Like for instance, just the El Presidente strategy, right? Just like defending a Bastion. I mean, there's there's a lot of times I don't get many kills at all because that's all I'm doing. You know what I mean? And but that's still important to the the strategy that's being involved. Yet I don't get credited for it if if they are taking individual you know uh, play into account. I don't know why they ever actually I yeah more it, points based off of who you're playing because like you're saying you could do like nothing one game and get nothing like get no points compared to everyone else, but you actually did do more. In the end, by just holding the shield up, like the yeah, oh, like, you know, DPS, I don't, I don't DPS always has to do DPS, so that's like a constant, right? Support pretty much always has to heal, and that that's like a constant. But the thing with the you know the shield, you can't give too much to damage block because it's so easy, right, to to block damage too. So you can be abused. Really complicated scenarios, and that's why I think it's like you should just throw all that out of the window. You know, and just just have a win be a win and a loss be a loss. You know, just that's it, right? And, and balance based on that. Um, I think that's how most other games yeah, do it. Yeah, it is. I think it is. like League and other games, it's pretty much winning or losing is the only thing that matters. 
and they try not to make like individual stats matter, which I kind of agree on it. Um, but I can also see the other side where there's just are those some games where no matter how well you play, you know, you can have like 60% kill participation as like a DPS and still lose. I think if you play really well in a loss, it shouldn't affect you as much as if you just completely feed the entire game and you're like the reason that you lost. Like then I could see it, you losing more from that. So I can see like the flip side where like you have those games where you still lose, but I don't think it should affect as much if you play well on it. But then it gets weird with like tank stats, like you're saying, how how can you tell if a tank is doing good or not? Yeah. Not based on stats. So yeah, maybe they just, it would be best just do away with it altogether. I mean, maybe there well, is an, of, maybe there is an algorithm that does favor somebody who is performing super well versus somebody that statistically doesn't look like they're performing, but um, but but definitely it shouldn't be you know like the bottom side should not be as high as the top side for for something like that. And I, I think there's there's even like I I I can understand actually both sides of this argument. It's just how could you like you're saying, Chairman, ever actually mm-hmm. monitor this to a level where it's not abused and it actually reflects things correctly mm-hmm. um and i think one major problem like in line with that that's still happening and will always happen in games like this where you can choose whatever you want to play is that there's griefers like i've had yeah. the most oh, insane God. amount of griefers even in this yeah. season of just people who won't play what's needed and i can understand like mm-hmm. obviously you could have a 60 ps team and still win like there's always a chance to do that just because the other team doesn't know how to react or maybe every six pl- uh, players on your team is really good at dps but then you get those people who are like no i'm not gonna play support ever because i don't give a fuck and i'm gonna play dps every time i'm gonna play you know an offensive torbjorn because i won one time and it's the best thing ever and i want to play him. yep and there's no way to actually punish those people in a way because like for instance who plays torbjorn really that often in competitive and if it compares your play or your results on Torbjorn to everyone else's, and that's how it gauges how many points you get, then you'll still get a decent amount of points if you win, and you won't lose that much if you lose. So I feel like there needs to be like a better report option in game or something. There's, there's no griefing report option, which I've seen people on Reddit even yeah. uh, yeah. like ask for. That's definitely a whole different thing. Reporting because of just behave just like that kind of behavior is definitely something that they're missing they were trying to combine it into like one option before when in reality like the reporting thing should have been broken up into two and and we've talked about that for sure um but anyways moving forward like why don't we talk about the meta so we we touched on like we're seeing a lot more may and you know seeing junk rat and like your flex position are blue um what are your thoughts on it i mean are, are you happy with the meta right now just for uh, overall for the most part the one thing that we haven't touched on yet that i was gonna bring up it was anna right now in it yes. and the, yeah. the, the three the three three the dreaded three three everyone always talks about Whoa, that. there was a three four tanks. two today there a was four, a four two today by nip wait what four four tanks, four tanks two supports they Holy ran crap. that today against what, what, was it anna and then just like lucia or something i think or? so yeah it was like yeah. winston roadhog reinhardt zarya interesting so and luminosity got like wiped over it was insane so the root of all this stems from just how fast anna can build her ult and that's honestly the biggest the biggest issue i have like i don't think anna is super op or busted or anything like that but it's obvious that right now in like competitive in the meta she's super strong and i think that just being because if you're on attack you can literally build her ult before any other person on defense, unless they're running an Anna also has any ults to stop you. And then if you just add an ult to Ryan going in against a team with zero ults, he can normally just go in and uh, 
roll over a team there. So I think, honestly, if they just nerfed Anna's ult charge speed, like maybe 20%, mm-hmm. um, so the defense would have a time to get like maybe one or two of their ults to try and at least counter it, then uh, I could think it being way more balanced. For right now, uh, I think Anna is slightly too strong. That's what um, that's what happened with Mercy as well, right? They yeah, had to nerf her exactly. ult charge because she was ulting like every fight, sometimes like twice, uh, unless she wasn't killed or unless she was killed. Yeah, and it makes it, it like just from a design standpoint, it, it's like it's just really dumb because it literally forces you on defense. Like there'll be a lot of times <laughs> where we see the other team has an Anna, and it's like, okay, do not spam, don't shoot, don't do anything. Like you literally it's are crazy. playing to tr- you're playing to try not to give them ult. Like that's literally all you're doing to so, play. Like. Let me counter-argument that, then. Like, let me play devil's advocate here. Then what stops you guys from engaging on a comp that has Anna, like, to force a fight before she gets old? So you can... That's definitely one of the... So there's still, like... I'm not saying Anna's un, not unbeatable, because that is definitely one of the counters to her, is hard engage. Like, hard engage against an Anna, she's not that strong against it. But there's just, like... If, you, if you're doing hard engage, you have to specifically run a comp design for it. And so you have to assume that the other team's running Ana. So, like, normally you'd want, like, a Reaper and some things like that. And normally most teams won't default to a Reaper on defense. Right. But it's getting to the point where you might almost have to now, just assuming that the offense is most likely going to have an Ana. So it's, it's forcing you to, like, do these mind games on... And it's all coming down to whether or not the team has an Ana or not. And if they don't have an Ana, you're stuck in, like, like a suboptimal comp where, like, Say they run like a pick um, offense with like Hanzo and Roadhog. Reaper is not really that great against it, uh, so it's it's like just trying to guess whether or not they have an Anna is what it comes down to. Because uh, you can also try and do things like May against Anna is actually okay. Like say you know you ice wall right when they Anna ult the Rhine and he's forced to like mm-hmm. go all the way around or get right. stuck. So there are like counters to it, but it's it's all just comes down to whether or not they have an Anna, and you have to try and guess that and then run these heroes specifically for it so it's uh it's a weird guessing game and i think i honestly just think if they nerfed anna's ult charge by like 20 percent it would be like in a perfect spot because she still yeah. provides a lot of healing she has her uh little bomb thing she throws which grenade. which yeah which <laughs> completely uh man. which completely counters zenyatta like yeah. zenyatta ult like you toss that in zenyatta ult and literally useless so uh she provides still a lot of utility with sleep dart and everything so she's good outside of her ult and just there's no reason it should be charged as fast as it does yeah what about also um the fact of okay so there, there's two ideas i saw what what idea i saw on reddit when i just kind of came up with with their ultimate that it's really frustrating to try to ult someone on your team and then like someone walks in the way and like <laughs> he's too fat so you kind of like yes. hit the wrong yes. person and then like there's a there's a suggestion of like you hit q to lock onto your target and then you can hit it again to activate or you can hit q on someone else to change yeah, it that'd be good i think that definitely would be better but i will say it is one of the funniest sights when you <laughs> see uh, anna ulted like mercy going in with her pistol trying to uh, take down the other man. team Lucio's the, the common <laughs> one i see i had that happen today with a hanzo somehow hanzo got in the way of a reinhardt and the hanzo actually went and killed two people it was great i mean if it goes on a, if it goes on a dps kill still, two people anyways like as, <laughs> as long as it's on a dps it's still okay but when you see it like on a zenyatta a zenyatta just going in throwing orbs while he's anna ulted is one of the, reckon, one of the funniest sights. <laughs> totally wrecking uh, it's what great. about the other thing with anna though because like you can't shoot th- so if you want to do damage you can't shoot through your teammates and you have to like move but if you also want to heal your teammates, sometimes you have to move to even get a line of sight onto them yeah. kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. What about like having the option to be able to shoot through versus shoot teammates, like a toggle? 
Mm, mm, I, I feel like then you're getting at the point where there's just too much. Like, I, I don't think Blizzard likes overcomplicating heroes with, like, mechanics like that. Like, if they were to add that, then I think her kit would just have way too much, like, keep track of a lot of it for some players. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in theory, it would be a cool thing to have, but it's not something I could ever see them adding just because then it would just get, like, overcomplicated with all the different things she has. Um, but, I mean, obviously that would be a pretty cool thing to have if they could somehow make it work and simplify it. Yeah, yeah okay. I, so I was just curious. It's just really yeah. frustrating, like, for a skill ceiling kind of level that your position, you have to be in a good position, which you can't even get to quickly because you're Anna. You don't have speed. You don't have a hook or something to actually heal someone. Like, even if you're, like, someone goes in too deep, like, a Reinhardt charges forward, you have your yeah. entire team in front of you, it forces you to run in front of your entire team to heal him. But at the same rate, you could also argue, well, the Reinhardt maybe should have charged that far. So it's well. I mean, I mean, all, all of the all of like Mercy has the same issue too. I mean, like if you're standing in front, Mercy can't doesn't have line of sight either to, to heal somebody like a Reinhardt in that position, right? So it's, um, just just blame the just blame the Reinhardt. Simple as that. We'll just, uh, <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't we'll have extended that far, especially when you're playing with Anna. Should just wait for the ult. I mean, that's all you should be doing, right? No, but um, it's great seeing Ana in the meta, though. I, I've, I've really enjoyed you know watching it as well as playing with a bunch of Anas these days. And, and people are getting better at it, too, just generally on the ladder, which is really, really, really nice, especially when you're playing right well, it's, like I up, it's like I brought up earlier. I think yeah. the Zenyatta nerf like helped the overall meta so much. Like mm -hmm. It opened up more DPS heroes, and it also literally every support now is viable. Like Mercy is getting a lot more play also. And I'm not sure if that's because of... It's probably partly because of her buff, but also just because of the Zenyatta nerf. Like, before, with how strong Zenyatta was, you just simply couldn't run another support over him because of how good he was. Yeah. Um, but now that he got slightly nerfed, and Lucy also got slightly nerfed, um, the fact that they both got nerfed, you're seeing heroes like Anna and Mercy come back in some. So it's actually, like, it forces you to have, like, a decent hero pool. Like, before, if you were mm -hmm. a support main... You could be good at just like Zenyatta or just Lucio, and that's that was it. But now, if you're not good at like Anna or Mercy, you're really limiting your team's like options that they have. Yeah. So the fact that like four or five different supports are viable, and you're seeing like a lot of different DPS and flex heroes viable, it's making just the meta a lot more fun. I think that sounds like a great place to be. I mean, we've been asking, we've been basically wanting this type of meta where different maps require different comps. And uh, hopefully that four two and three three don't get too popular on on all the maps because that that I don't know if that would be the funnest to watch, but definitely good to see every once in a while. Uh, all right, well let's move on to some com community news. Uh, a big announcement yesterday concerning uh, somebody that's you know if you like Blizzard games, if you've been following Blizzard games for like the last shoot twenty years or fifteen twenty years, then you know who Chris Metzen is. And in terms of Overwatch, he's the creative director. I think he's senior VP and creative director for Overwatch. Uh, he announced he's retiring, which is crazy. He's like still pretty young in my eyes, but he's retiring. I think he's 42. And um, he's, yeah, and he's gonna you know just kind of spend. He wants to spend more time with his family, which is which is uh, you know, I can definitely understand that. Um, but yeah, Chris Metzen not being part of Blizzard is. Like, I don't even know what that feels like, to be honest, because he's been such a huge person, or he, he's had such a huge role in a lot of the Blizzard titles that it, that we all love, you know. I mean, I think he started in Warcraft 2, I, I believe, or maybe Warcraft 3, and then he's had a role in, 
and developing the, the the lore and a lot of the voice acting and things like StarCraft, Diablo, World of Warcraft, and of course, you know, now now Overwatch. Uh, so this is a you know just a big big announcement, and um, I don't think there's anybody that's a better hype guy too at, at BlizzCon than Chris Metzen. I mean, his his speeches at, at BlizzCon are iconic and part of BlizzCon in my eyes. Uh, but yeah, I want to get your thoughts on on Chris Medson retiring. Jason, what do you think? Oh, can't hear you, man. Can't well, hear you. I'll oh, get my thought. Oh, he's got it. He's got it. He's got it. I'm good. I actually can't comment on it really because I don't know him. I didn't even know who he really was when he did a Blizzard what? until the announcement. Yeah, I oh never. I played StarCraft. I played World of Warcraft. I played Diablo. I didn't really know who he was like all. I, the only person I really know of is like Mike Morheim. Jeff Kaplan and Ghostcrawler, and like Ghostcrawler doesn't even work for them anymore, if I remember correctly. He works for Riot now or something. Yeah, now yeah. I feel, now I feel. That's all I know. Bad. I feel like, less bad for not knowing either. I, oh I, I mean, I'll say gosh, for every, I'll say for for any. I should let you for, go first. <laughs> well, no, now we we looked we looked the same in it, but I'll say for you know at least it's like a good reason he's retiring. It's not like health or something. Like if you want to, if you know, retire and spend more time with family and everything like that, uh, I can completely respect that, and I think that's a. a a cool thing to do. So it sucks you know. to have enough money to retire at forty-two. <laughs> I know, doesn't what it? What a hard oh life, my right? God. Seriously, esports, esports, please. Yeah, but I'm sure there's there's going to be someone else that can fill his shoes at Blizzard. There's there's more than enough talented people that can help do what he does. Uh, he did. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely hope so. I mean, again, Chris Medson is. I mean, he's a super talented guy, and he's been responsible for these these worlds that we talk about, and when we're talking about Blizzard products, um, you know, just not even. You know, just like a developer, designer. I mean, he's the guy that even just created it, even you know, just from the standpoint of lore, lore, and and uh, just developing that. Not to mention, he's an artist too. He's done some of the visual arts as well as voice acting. And I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like he's definitely covered the entire gambit. It's a good, it's a good thing. Uh, it's a good thing you're here then, because yeah. uh, Jason and I were both uh, very <laughs> very limited on okay, that. It's a good. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad I added it to the show notes. You know, just <laughs> so you guys. But no, I definitely want to pay respects to Chris because. Again, like I think for the last twenty years, you know, he's he's done a lot of things that he's produced has really changed the lives of a lot of folks that are watching this show or you know that play Overwatch and any of the the you know the Blizzard titles. So um, you know, best of luck to him and you know just everything he's done he's doing. I think he's going to come back in some capacity. He'll be back in gaming in some capacity after. I don't know. At least the kids are older in school and you know whatnot. But uh, it, it'd be. I'd be really surprised if he doesn't come back at some point. Uh, okay, next up, we got another developer's update video that uh, the <laughs> the the uh, technical guys came up with. It It is... Gosh, I'm having a... I'm forgetting who it was exactly. Let me see. The um, cup guys? It was... Oh, Tim Ford. Yeah, Tim Ford and uh, Philip Warwick. They, uh, they're the two guys with the, the Farrah Cups, guys. So they were, they were talking about the high bandwidth and that... Um, just, I guess, TLDR, they're, they're ba- they basically improved it. So, you know, all, all the complaints about being shot behind walls, it's going to be even less than, than ever. And it sounds like it's a continued effort. And we, we've heard that, too. I mean, Jeff, Jeff Kaplan's obviously said recently that a lot of the resources or a lot of their time has been going to, to continuing to improve that. And I, I think, think we're finally starting to see the fruits. I mean, do you still notice anything, Harblu? Like, in, in any... Any kind of craziness on your well, I mean, tick rates and things like that. I play, uh, I play a lot of Roadhog, and with Roadhog, 
Yes, weird that's true. Crazy. So that's that's more still, I think, on Roadhog than the netcode. They with the recent change they made to his hook mechanics. Yeah. Uh, there'll you, be a lot of times. Can you go over this real quick? Because I got confused. I I thought it was apparently if they're not on a site when you hook them, then they don't get pulled to you. But well, apparently I'm wrong. I can go over that. Uh, but as for uh, the, the the bandwidth thing, cool. I like it. Better bandwidth, always better. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. Okay, let me let me go to the Roadhog real quick. Uh, so for Roadhog, it's definitely better now than it was before. Pretty much the way it works is when you hook someone, say they're like moving when you hook them, it pretty much will put them. It'll like teleport them back to where they were first hooked, and then pull them forward again. So in general, it's better, but it also le- leads to some weird interactions where like if you're falling down when you hook someone. Uh, normally, the person will get hooked down with you and bring uh, bring them in front of you. But now, like if you fall off a ledge and you hook someone, it'll teleport them like above you and make it like almost impossible to one shot them. So in general, it it is better, but it leads to some weird interactions sometimes. So Roadhog's not perfect yet, but uh, it mostly is better. So I've been having a lot more fun with Roadhog now than uh, on live before season two. So it is better. Um, okay. But that's that's a little tangent. Uh, internet netcode, uh, it's good. All right, that's that's I, good. I'll focus on the other aspect of it of them um, actually implement it into quick match as well, not just like competitive. Yeah, I agree. Because um, damn, it's annoying sometimes when you play competitive all day, then you switch to quick to like play with friends or whatever, <laughs> and just shots that should hit just don't hit, and uh, it can be really frustrating. But no, it's it's definitely nice, and I think it was a hundred percent needed because if the netcode's so low and and people can hit shots that they shouldn't be hitting, like there, where's the skill ceiling in that? You shouldn't yeah. be able to shoot a Hanzo arrow that's the size of a tree trunk and hit someone when you actually didn't hit them. Um, so it gets a little bit more based on FPS, I think, a lot more. A lot more uh, higher, a higher skill ceiling for people with aim, um, like McCree's and such like that. Like, you need to be really on top of your aim to hit these shots. Um, it's nice, though, in general. Like, and the fact that they're putting it into other modes. It was. It used to be just in competitive mode. Or, sorry, in custom games, you can switch it on. But then to implement it into all these other uh, game modes is nice. Yeah, I mean, I'll say it was definitely noticeable the difference from like twenty to sixty when they made that change. Like that, the high bandwidth was like a huge noticeable difference. Um, if they were doing like any further changes, like I'm not sure if that's what the video was. I have, I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't 100 watched all of it. Uh, if they're still like doing further changes to it, I haven't really noticed anything. But uh, I mean, it feels pretty good right now. Like there's in general, the shots that hit are hitting. You know, most things that feel like they should hit are, and there's very rare where like I feel like I'm like around a corner and I get killed by something. So the netcode yeah. in the game feels uh, pretty smooth, I think, which is like a huge thing, obviously, in any uh, competitive game is having uh, the hitting be accurate. So yeah. it's uh, it's been pretty good. All right, well, job well done by those guys, and it's not like they're going to stop, so they're going to keep trying to improve it. Uh, so definitely good stuff there. All right, let's move on to eSports recap. Uh, so I started off with these picks from Ghost of Gamers from last week, but I, I think they might be uh, a lot different, since, given that we've been talking about Ana, and Ana's not that high here. But um, maybe we can just at least talk about this a little bit. And, and uh, you know, we, we've kind of talked to it from a high level with you, Harblue, but um, anything on this list that you see that's, uh, that, that stands out that um, you know, in terms of what people are picking and... And maybe just the general meta? Uh, no, I mean, most of that, like, I'll say the Zarya pick rate is still, I think, high. So I don't think I don't think Zarya is that amazing. Like, our team runs her maybe, like, 
50% now, but with like the 3 3, obviously she's played a lot in that. Um, but I mean, like, all that looks in this list here. Uh, I'd still like to see maybe some of these more like niche picks, like use more like May, I think, is better than 9% pick. Like, and Hanzo, I think, at, at least at higher level, when you have like really good Hanzos. He can be like one of the better DPS out there. Like, there's no other like DPS besides like Widow who can like one shot people across the map. Just and by him, it uses like random arrows. So I think uh, I think if you saw like a Ghost of Gamers like this upcoming week uh, with more top teams in it, those numbers would look like completely different there. I think because mm-hmm. yeah, some of these heroes. Uh, I think Anna definitely used more than I sure. think. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Anna's definitely more than four <laughs> percent. Yeah. Oh, what well, look fair? at the, the the two big changes though. It's Mercy plus forty percent change, yep. and Genji thirty two percent change of going uh, of being going worse, down. the yeah. negative area. Like that's pretty crazy. Just that. So for instance, for Mercy, uh, the change with the, she heals more over time and she can dash around a lot easier without any cooldown. And then Genji with the changes to his wall jump um, and his dash. No, it's the correctly? combo. It's the combo, right? Like you can't. Yeah. And he's yeah, seen a thirty percent change in play. Like that's well, maybe a little more. They also change. They also change his hold it last slightly true, less. But less. His, uh, well, that's his a big sh- deal too. Yeah. The one plus side though, I've heard from like some Genji mains is that his uh, shurikens are a lot easier to hit because with that uh, projectile change they did, where they made all projectiles slightly bigger, because mm-hmm. uh, because it was originally they were reverting the change they had done a while ago, where they made them smaller. Um, and now they're slightly bigger again, so it's easier to hit shurikens with him. So mm-hmm. he he isn't just straight up weaker. He, his was more like a change, and I think, think the negative thirty three percent on him was kind of like a uh, it was like a like knee jerk reaction. Yeah, yeah, pretty, yeah, it was like people like, oh, he he sucks now. There's no point <laughs> even trying him anymore. Right. Yeah. But we've been seeing. I mean, in scrims and everything like that, he's still obviously strong from playing against like teams running him. And I think he'll come back up from that. Like, there's no way he's only a 35% pick hero. He's still a, a game-changing DPS who can, even with, with his old, even with it being slightly slower, can just completely change a fight by himself. So I think yeah. he will go up from that big change. Yeah, the biggest thing with Mercy, too, is that not only did she go up 40.8%, she went from 0 to 40 to 8.8%. So she wasn't picked at all before. And well, that's like, that's like just like I said with, uh, with Zenyatta, with where he was, there's just no point running like yeah. Mercy or Absolutely. anyone else over him. So was, mm-hmm. the buff for her with the nerf to Zenyatta made her just more viable. And I think it's, uh, you can see there, Mercy, Zenyatta, Lucio, like all three of them are up there. And it's really good mm-hmm. having just multiple supports viable. Yeah, what, are, what are your thoughts on Farah? Because a lot of the, uh, folks were thinking you know, when Mercy got that buff and Mercy would be back, that Farah basically meant that Farah would be back in the, the meta. And we're seeing a little uh, bit of an increase. You know, like, again, it went yeah. from 0 to 14. So uh, so Farah is definitely good, better on some maps than others. Like on King's Row, she's pretty good because in like, like the street section and everywhere, there's a lot of like geometry she can hide behind. Like where Farah is not good normally is like really open areas. Where McCree just has like free reign, just shooting him, shooting her across the map. But on maps where there's like buildings and high things where she can like fly behind, mm-hmm. uh, she's definitely a lot better. So our team's been running quite a bit of Farah. Um, Tell us these secrets. <laughs> I mean, any any team that scrimmed us would know what we do. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, she definitely. I don't think she's as strong as she was before. 
Um, but she's definitely up there also. And it just goes back to all these changes and making so many more heroes viable again. Yes. It's, uh, awesome. it's really fun. So, uh, yeah, she's pretty good. Okay. I think also the fact that we're seeing a lot more Tracer Genji gives gives way to her. Because you see Winston's Arya Tracer Genji quite a bit, which, I mean, she doesn't do too great necessarily against like the Genji and Tracer. I mean, obviously, if you can hit a, what, a direct on a Tracer, you basically kill her. <laughs> um, yeah. But she's like a DPS you don't have to worry about really anymore. Unless there's like a Zen in the enemy team who can just snipe you out of the air. Like she can, she doesn't need a mercy in tow. So I don't know. I, I, I think we're going to see a lot more of her. Like I've been playing a ton of her when it comes to ranked. And obviously ranked isn't the same as doing competitive matches. But she's still ridiculously good. I feel like so many people forgot how to play against her. Like it's, it's, it's it, the only time I ever cannot play fair is when there's a McCree in the enemy team that's like a pro player. Because they'll just shoot you out of the yeah, sky every yeah, time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which, uh. I mean, plus the fact that Zarya is also played now, like comboing Zarya with Farah is like a, you can like black hole and Farah ult and literally wipe a whole team like that. So before, back when it was like the Farah Mercy meta, normally Zarya wasn't ran that often and the Farah Mercy was just like their own unit that did their own thing. Mm -hmm. But now you have like the Zarya there too sometimes where you can then like shield the Farah while she's ulting <laughs> so she just doesn't get killed instantly. So there's a, there's a lot more like playing around it now, which makes like some new plays that you didn't really see it before yeah. but uh it's pretty good that's awesome for sure okay well let's talk about some team news uh we've got a couple things uh starting with the good news which was immortal picks up uh the sodi pop or the roster from sodi pop which includes uh let me see and bring it up real quick so you guys can see the official announcement um all right, so this is the Immortals Facebook page, but um, you know, picking up uh, Grim Reality, Agility is Athens, Jur, Hyped, which is something you guys might know from uh, you know, Hearthstone too. Nami, uh, Nomi, sorry, and uh, Kurgen. So, Sony Pop, it was a pretty. I mean, it was probably they were probably like a second tier type of team, maybe even lower on the second tier, somewhere mid, mid to lower team. So, what do you guys think of Immortals? You know, being a, a pretty big name uh, organization in esports, picking up this team. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's good for the scene. Yeah. Like the more more top orgs, always uh, is better for a scene. So about this uh, in particular, so I have so back before we were sponsored by TSM or Complex here, <laughs> when we when we were, when we were looking for an org, we we had talked with the Mortals for a while. Okay, um, and we talked with Noah, who's like their owner or like uh, their pretty much general manager, runs the whole org and everything. We had talked with him for multiple times. And they definitely, he was. They were definitely interested in getting into the Overwatch scene, but they were just trying to wait for like their right opportunity to get in. And I think they probably saw it now, now that there was like all pretty much all the teams were getting signed. Like Phase, you know, signed that new roster that they formed, mm -hmm. uh, and there weren't that many teams like Orgless. So it was like, okay, who, who's out there that's not signed that looks like they have potential? And like Sony Pop, you know, they qualified for E League. Um, so it definitely made sense to go with them. Um, I will say though, if uh, if they don't get good results, like within the first like four or five months, you, you could most likely see pressure from the org for roster changes. Just knowing how Immortals is and how they're run, uh, they hmm. care, they care about winning quite a bit, and uh, I could see pressure on like from the org side of it to try and swap out players if they don't get good results. That's just, I'm not saying that is what will happen. I'm just saying knowing Immortals and they care about winning a lot and from how their previous teams have been ran, that it's something that I could definitely see happening from it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's awesome for the team still getting signed by that. 
Yeah. I imagine they're probably getting a good salary and everything. And I know Mortals will definitely uh, takes care of their teams well from everything that I've heard. So it's pretty uh, pretty cool. Yeah, I I mean we saw them dip their feet into Overwatch with um, the X Phase guys, like for the Overwatch was it the Overwatch Open qualifier they were in. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. okay. it, it was like some weird like thing where they were playing under the Immortals name, but it right. was, they weren't they weren't like under contract, and, okay. and I don't know, I don't really know. It was weird. Yeah, it was just like a temporary like you can use our Try name, out. but we're not signed <laughs> you yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I feel like an org. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Harbu. Like, if you're gonna be a team that's gonna be picked up by them, then you have a lot to live up to. Like with Immortals League team that they have, mm-hmm. like pretty damn strong league team. Um, I think Soda Pops. I, I, I like to see them actually picked up though. Just the fact that they've been they've been working really hard. I feel like for the past, you know, how many months now of just constantly playing, had some good results here or there. Um, haven't been able to really break through as a tier one team. Mm-hmm. In NA, but we'll see how it goes. I I, I like to see that, like Harbu said, a lot more orgs getting into the scene. Like NIP picking up a team, right. Luminosity picking up even another team, sticking more importantly with Overwatch instead of just dropping it after that. Um, yeah, can only be can only be good things. I actually wonder what they're getting paid because I I know what I think I know what they offer the old phase guys, um, and it really wasn't that much money. And I would imagine if you're Soda Pop, you're getting paid even less than like the phase guys i you think so? probably no, just i i know like pretty, how uh yeah. they like to run their things and uh i i mean again i'm probably getting a good salary still but uh it's, I, I don't know i really don't <laughs> yeah, want to go too much into exactly. it i think uh exactly. i i will say it's at the point now though where i know there are still other orgs looking at getting into the game and it's pretty much where I don't if they do it if they don't sign teams now, I think they're feeling like then they're gonna have to wait like a long while to get in because there's not that many other top teams out there that aren't signed still. Like sure there's some players who could like form a team and everything, but I know there are still like a few big orgs that are looking into Overwatch, but there's it's no proven kind of, teams. Yeah, like exactly. There's, there's, there's no, no like any There's no proven teams, but there's still ample amounts of players and potential teams that we still haven't seen which we talked about even i don't know a couple of episodes ago like we haven't tapped out on teams that's for sure and, and even just the supply of players so um i don't know it'd be interesting to see if teams just like literally still want to wait you know and, and well most see- of the, most of these big orgs though i a lot of them don't feel like they should be having to take a risk like on these teams that aren't proven like mostly i know the big orgs out there who want teams they feel like you know they should be able to sign like a top five team right away and like be just set with that so it's <laughs> but it's just not like that like all the top teams are already lo- locked in the contracts with big orgs and you just have like these tier two tier three teams that you know they they can do well against top teams but they're not going to consistently beat like any tier one team but uh, uh I'm gonna. I, I'm just really interested to see yeah. whether or not some of these orgs end up signing those teams, or if they just keep holding out, trying to wait for like a uh, superstar team to form, and then just getting that. So, how much do you guys think it is? A bit of, um, I don't know, almost like kind of squatting in, in a way, like because the big thing with the end of the year is that you know there's nothing that's announced right now. You know, in terms of Blizzard and what they're going to be doing with esports, but. We know that's on the horizon, you know, sometime in the future. Maybe it's like early 2007. It, we, nobody knows for sure. Hush, but, hush. Uh, but yeah, but, you know, I guess signing a team for six months right now, 
I mean, does that actually give like if you sign if you sign with a team for six months, for instance, Harbour, like you guys sign for Complexity like right now for six months, and then let's say they announce like you know all their esports new whatever they're doing with esports in January or so. Um, I mean, that doesn't really tie you guys to complex. I mean, in three months, you can you could leave Complexity, right? Or is it is it a strategic yeah, I, thing on the from the standpoint of the owners to sign folks now when there's nothing there's not much going on right now? In Overwatch, I think I think most players would want shorter contracts just because with everything I've heard with where it sounds like the game's going to be in like six to eight months from now. Yeah, where's it going to be, Hard Blue? It'll uh, it'll be some good stuff. <laughs> like That's where? What have you been hearing? Uh, hey, hey, let's just say. Let's not, just, actually, there's nothing. Again, there's, there's nothing. Let's just say you'll be eating chicken nuggets for days. <laughs> there's uh, there's, there's just a lot of stuff nuggets. going around where it sounds like Blizzard is heavily invested into Overwatch as an esport. So, which I mean, having a developer like Blizzard with as much backing as they have, having them support a game like it sounds like they will is going to be huge for it. So, like I said, for players, normally shorter contracts is the best thing they could get. From org standpoints, obviously, they want to lock teams into then longer contracts because in like six to eight months, um, if they have to sign a team, salaries are probably going to be going up quite a bit. Again, this, none of this is locked in. None of this is guaranteed. It's just pretty much yeah. everything I've heard for everything. Um, but for right now, with what some of the teams are getting paid, it's definitely actually more than they probably should be with because the game isn't that huge yet like it, it you know it's definitely a big game and like you know having these three hundred thousand dollar tournaments hundred thousand dollar tournaments you know 40 to fifty thousand viewers like in a lot of these ones whoa 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 we got 80 yeah, it's definitely uh it's definitely like a great start like considering the game's only been out like what three four months now mm-hmm. like it's definitely a an amazing start for it um but uh so you have that trade-off of like the Players normally want shorter contracts. The orgs want a lot. Two years, some of them. Two so years. So they don't have to. That's oh what. Uh, there's, there's, there's some going for stuff like that. So. Holy. It's God. uh, I mean, as a player myself, I recommend to any other player to just you know make sure you know what you're getting into when you sign like uh, these contracts and like you know you don't lock yourself into something at a rate where you're not going to be happy like a year down the road if you still are a player. But uh. I mean, with us, with Complexity, we're happy with what we have, and Complexity's been awesome to us. So, hey, mm-hmm. thank you, Complexity. <laughs> I, so I think Jason Lake just sent you your, your paycheck, right? Yeah, for saying exactly. that? yeah smooth exactly. that $20 nice bill under the table. The bonus, the $20 mm, bonus. <laughs> yes. You can, pay, you can buy, like, t- over 20 chicken nuggets with that. Uh, dude, it's, it's hey. no more than, come on, you can buy, like, 100 chicken nuggets these days with probably that much. That's true. Can you but, eat 100 chicken nuggets hard at once? I don't know, but have you seen that guy on YouTube who, uh, yep. Yep. like, oh, you guys have seen, he's, I don't know, he eats, like, all that stuff, and it's like, dude, I get full just eating, like, a Big Mac. It's like, come on, how's this, uh, you're making me, making me feel bad here. Dude, those professional eaters are, are real, man. They're, they're, they're definitely crazy. Uh, all right, well, let's talk. Uh, let's kind of move from like the good news to a little bit of sad news, which is Colorado Clutch uh, is disbanding. And you guys might remember Colorado Clutch from, I mean, just the NA tournament. He's obviously an NA team, but particularly from Agents Rising, since they were one of the, the four teams that were um, that were invited to that event. And they did pretty well at that event, too. Um, but Justin, the owner of, uh, or co owner of Colorado Clutch, um, came out with a twit longer that let me show you guys, too, here. Basically explain just, you know, basically what's going on with with the team and um, 
long story short, uh, you know, they they were trying to qualify for the E League, and they you know they didn't end up qualifying it, and um, just ended up being one of those situations where the players had you know different opportunities, and uh, their contract with Colorado Clutch was kind of holding them back from uh, their opportunities, and so they. That he and I guess the co-owner, maybe the co-owner a little bit more, ended up releasing these guys and letting them them do that. Uh, this is kind of the tale of any small team that that you've seen in, in other esports too. So it's sad because you know it, it's very very difficult for brand new teams and team brands to establish themselves, um, particularly ones that start in, in a highly competitive space like Overwatch. Um, you know, from the Hearthstone, you know, I, I obviously do some Hearthstone stuff too. And, you know, in Hearthstone, we actually had two teams that, that were formed out of the Hearthstone space, which was Tempo Storm and, and Archon. And, you know, they've definitely had some success, you know, um, not, well, Archon, now and they're disbanding recently, but Tempo Storm has had some success and, and it's with widened to different esports too. And I don't know if we're going to actually be able to even see that in Overwatch. Um, uh, you, you, can't. you got reunited. Reunited's a player on Overwatch. That, yeah, yeah okay see. okay that's that's fair yeah you mean clg i, I mean yeah reunited oh, oh i'm sorry yeah my bad. damn damn um so yeah what are your thoughts what are you guys' thoughts is there is it going to be possible for a team to get success uh start in the overwatch space and you know be able to become a big big team brand i mean no no okay. no see we have we this I is where no. we, we have different opinions on this and i think if you had like a tier what like a top level team who wanted to do something like that and didn't want to just sign with an org it, i could definitely see it happening like reunited like uh, sounds like you might know more about this than i do i can almost like guarantee like one day reunited will be picked up by a different org like there's just thing is like so what makes that, overwatch what nice. makes overwatch different than like csgo though because CSGO, you have teams like Godsend and then Heroic actually is a new one that formed where it's player run orgs yeah, where they how many big orgs don't already have a team in CS? There's oh either one of those teams, if Godsend or Heroic, if they wanted to join a big org, they they could like that. No, no, like no, there's... But what big orgs are left to, that don't already have teams? I mean like every it... big org already has a team. And that's partially why they're also making their own brand. Godsend hundred percent could get any top org if it like yeah, but, what, org would... but what org? Like I, I understand, but like, what orgs are there like left that don't have teams? I mean, but then if, if the contracts were ending like from a team, like they'd get like I think these teams they didn't do it because they couldn't find another big org. I think they did it because they saw the like Astralis even back like eight months ago when they left TSM to form their own brand Astralis. They did. There was orgs out there they definitely could have signed oh, yeah. with. Yeah. But they saw that there's definitely, as like player run orgs, there's a lot of money to be made out there when, you know, literally any money you make, like obviously it's a risk and you have to have like an investor and things like that, like a fallback and all that. But I could definitely see it working out if you had like a tier one team trying to do something like that. Now, the issue is if it's like a tier three team or something, then you're not going to have like as many people looking to back it and like invest in it. So it's it depends on the team. Now, it's obviously a huge risk if you're doing it also, like the safest option would always be to sign with like a top org where you're guaranteed to have stability, guaranteed to have that paycheck coming in. And like, that's all set, but you know, that's true with like any type of investment. There's always the risk to it. And I could see potentially some team or players trying out something like that and seeing where it goes. And I think there is the possibility that it could work out. Yeah. See, I don't see it happening just because Overwatch is nowhere near big enough for, for like an, uh, for like a self-made organization to really succeed easily. 
and like all the people who try to become pros and, and became pros in Overwatch like wanted a paycheck like as soon as possible no one wants to sit yeah. back and wait like no just let's, let's make an Oregon six months down the line we'll, we'll finally have a paycheck we'll finally be able to make money I think there's just way too many teams right now that just want to cash in as quick as they possibly can because they don't know how long their career is going to last right. Right. or even how long the game is going to last and there's definitely not, not enough money in Overwatch at the moment um, to not try to cash in in a paycheck right now so I agree with that I think at the current and with how many orgs are looking at investing to the game I think by far the safest option is going with an org right now just because the salaries some are willing to offer and everything like that. It's right now, I think definitely uh, an org is the safest option. But, you know, down the road, like in a year from now, depending on where the game goes, that's where then I could definitely think if it, if the game does get to that, like, CSGO level where you have these, you know, $500 million tournaments and you have, like, well, each, each tournament. I'm saying I'm not saying anything that's going to happen. I'm saying if it, if it did get to any point like that, then I could definitely see something like a player or an org working out. I think well, also I, being part of an org is more credibility when you go into a game as well, or like in a game. Like the fact that um, Envious have like the best team in the world. Like the fact that you're joining Envious is like everyone will know who Envious is. And Envious is making a huge investment onto this team and hoping down the line that this team will end up making them money back and like having a, a net revenue against them. Yeah, um, I don't know where I'm going with this. I, the well, there's there's, cross, there's cross exposure too, right? I mean, there, there's definitely cross exposure, which benefits the players too. And like you said, I mean, these big organizations that actually have cash to to invest or blow or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, can can invest into the long term uh, potential for their brand in the space, right? Uh, I actually think it's possible. Like, I think it's very this very very small percentage chance, but th- it is possible that there is a player. And there, there's two scenarios I can see. A player who actually has um, a ton of success, like let's just say Siegel as a streamer, that has a lot of revenue that way. And this is like the model that Amaz and, and you know, Raynad went with, with Hearthstone. You know, they have their own revenue streams that basically you know, uh, funds this team you know, and signing players and supporting like a large amount of players, right? And, and building this team brand that way. Or it's just somebody who's just wealthy. You know, like, I don't know, they're, they're born into wealth or whatnot and they just have a lot of money and they happen to be a, a, an Overwatch player too. I think that could happen. I, I could see it. There's a chance of that happening in the space, but that's about the only thing. Like, like Jason said, you have to have money. I mean, that there's nothing. There's no way around that. If you don't have enough money, you can't compete against the big. Well, players. that's where the uh, that's where like the soda popping thing with like the Northern Gaming came with. Like he, yeah, you know, pop, exactly. a streamer, he, right. he decided that he wanted to have an org, and he picked up like NG Blue and NG Red, right. and then just exactly. that just became Northern Gaming. Yeah. That a team died, so but yeah, like you see, like you pretty much, if you're a big streamer, like I could definitely see, like with Siegel, he, he could have the like the chance of doing something like it if he wanted to, but obviously, it's still he, further down the line. He's, you know, like yeah, he's, he's with he's, NRG. He's, you know, I know they're yeah, happy exactly. with NRG. So. Exactly. It's also tricky because a lot of these big orgs came around through League of Legends. Like, I, I think we already hit like the esports boom pretty much. You have you know CLG, TSM, <laughs> yeah, Cloud Nine. I mean, I could keep going, but I just can't remember all the time. Off my head that just came from League of Legends, like Phase and Optic came from Call of Duty, and I don't really see an org really being able to pull that off anymore. Or orgs in general being able to compete with, like, for instance, like if you're Colorado Clutch and um, Cloud9 comes up to you saying we want to pick up your team, like they have all the money in the world to buy you out. Um, so even with Creation, uh, yeah, Creation Esports and Dittitas, like if you get offered enough money, you're going to leave the team and join them, and it doesn't matter like how hard you try to keep the players, you just can't match the the salary and the money that they can physically put up. And then eventually you have, what is it, Man United wanted to look for an Overwatch team originally. 
and then it kind of never happened. Mm-hmm. Like, what if there's professional <laughs> football clubs <laughs> in Europe? Of dollars. Like, yeah. they have billions <laughs> of dollars to spend. How are you ever going to keep up with that? Yeah, it's true. It's definitely very, very difficult. And, you know, you have to want to keep a team, you know, like want to stay as a team. And it's hard to get all the players and everybody to buy into that, too. Um, but, okay, uh, why don't we move on to one last thing? This is going to be our last topic, and then we'll call the show uh, the Overwatch World Cup, which Jason's been casting this last week. And, um, Casting the preliminaries for EU, which the EU, I believe, is the only region that has. Oh, does Asia have preliminaries too, or is it just EU? It's so there's there's the APAC and Latin America have. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, technically, every region has preliminaries, but I don't know what's happening in North America yet. That's being I, run I by think, Blizzard directly, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, if if only Harblue was voted in, we'd be able to give us more information about that. <laughs> I, well, I, <laughs> <laughs> too soon. Um, but no, there's uh, Latin America and APAC games as well that are still in their, I think, yeah. first stage. I don't know necessarily what's happening with the knockout round. Um, but in Europe, yeah, we so last week we had, our, well, Thursday, Friday, was it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we had the initial matches where Germany, CS and Baltic Sea, Finland, Iceland, France, Norway, Sweden, Turkey, Russia, Italy, Spain, and Benelux all got through their groups. And now coming up starting tomorrow through the 16th, we have the knockout rounds. So you play one match, it's the best of five, you win, you're going to BlizzCon, you lose, you're out. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, the thing is, the teams are scheduling their own games, so I can't actually <laughs> give you a full lineup of what's happening yet. But I can tell you tomorrow at 5 p.m. CEST, we think, I have, think we have Russia versus... It's like, I, I guess I have, I have them up already, like, sticking <laughs> it's, like, yeah, it's like Russia versus someone... Russia versus Norway... So Russia first seed out of their group, um, beating, I think it was Italy, and then Norway um, losing to France, actually, in their group, um, came out second. So those two play at 5 p.m., CEST, and then if you're, P- if you're PST, if you're on the West Coast, it's 8 a.m., and then France plays Turkey later on that day, um, two or three hours later. So at 8 o'clock CEST, it'll be France versus Turkey. There can be more matches scheduled in, but this is all I literally have right now. I don't actually know. Yeah. Um, until they've scheduled their matches, what other things will be happening? So that'll be captured tomorrow by myself and uh, Demon, as well as like other language streams. So how are the? I mean, I, I watched I watched probably five or six of the matches, uh, just you know, from bots and stuff. But how are how are the games just generally? Because you know, there's been talk about people forfeiting and, and whatnot, but there wasn't d- that many forfeits to be honest. Um, like Switzerland had to forfeit all their games, and uh, I think yeah. people saw the Reddit post about mm-hmm. that. Uh, I think there was like one Denmark forfeit and then like one uk forfeit because a player didn't show up um the games actually weren't too bad there was a lot of individual players like for instance in israel um a guy named uh, cafe k-a-f-e but it's like a lot of a's and f's or whatever (laughs) probably like one of the most insane mccrees i've ever seen like on the level of taimu and we never would have seen players like yeah he was ridiculously good um, and we never would have been able to see players like that, like to have a, maybe a chance. He's on an Israel Israeli team, if I remember correctly. Um, but there's a lot of good games, actually. And if you guys didn't catch any of the games, I recommend one game to watch. Okay. Uh, Finland versus UK. Probably one of the most hilarious games you'll ever see between the teams because <laughs> UK and Finland were both having a great time. There was a lot of talks between Cruz, Numlock, and Linkser, who both play for Dinatos, were on opposite teams. And had um, a big battle going up between the two, who can kill the other cho- or each other the most. It was it was amazing, actually. Side game, so I'll say, side bet. I'll game. say with the thing you mentioned about the uh, Israeli player. I think that that's pretty cool. Seeing like, I think that's actually what Blizzard's goal of this whole thing was. It was to give 
these players exposure who normally wouldn't have it. So I think like having like these players like do like these really impressive performances like this is I think Blizzard definitely be happy to hear that. Now, I, I, I definitely I, I think it's cool having like these fun matches where you know players are doing these you know fun things. But the competitor in me would have loved to see like these be like almost all star teams from these countries. Obviously, that's not what Blizzard was going for with it, with the community voting and everything else like that. But there's there's just that part of me that wishes that like you know when you have like Team France versus like Team Russia and all that where you literally have like an all-star team from those countries playing each other. So you'd be like, okay, this country is better than this country. Uh, like, and you can say that kind of with confidence knowing all that, but cause then it's weird. Cause you have some rosters like Sweden or America or somewhere it is like, you know, mostly top players and things like that. So you have like these, some countries where it's like actually is, could be a top team yeah. versus these other countries where it's like, okay, they got, you know, they got a, a streamer here. Just like these random ranked players, like it, it, some matches aren't going to be competitive, but it sounds like there's been some cool stuff going on in it so far. And like, like you said, or having like certain players have these breakout performances in it is definitely good exposure. I think that was one yeah. of Blizzard's goal is to give them like an opportunity to uh, show themselves off in it. So I think that's pretty, pretty cool also. So it sounds like there's been some good stuff going on, and uh, it sounds like there are still some good matches too. And I think like cool. there are like some like some of the countries like Sweden and Russia and all that have like good teams actually which will have competitive well, games germany versus cs and baltic was yeah, was good. a really good game yeah. as well because that was internet hulk rtr ice felt um skipjack in there i can't remember the last two for the for the life i can look it up really quickly but like versus against Valotage's team which had like anac mm-hmm. on the team it was some really good uh, games actually between the two um and then even even like the games that you would have expect, like maybe they're not pro like pro level games, but they were still like ridiculously close games between some teams like Serbia and Austria. No, no, Austria and Czech Republic on day one we had was really good as well. Yeah, uh, I mean the good news about all this with whole prelims and stuff is that by the time we get to BlizzCon, we will see good the, basically the best teams from this whole thing there competing. So I think the product that's going to be shown at BlizzCon will be a, a much more competitive type of product than. I think a fun product because you know right now it's just like I don't know how are you guys I mean I, I've kind of heard I've heard you guys cast obviously a few of the matches but generally just from the, from the standpoint of, of being a caster for this are, is it any different for you are you just casting it as just like any kind of competitive type of event or are you you know is it supposed to be more of a fun type of cast you know what I mean like th- that's where there's like a a weird you know kind of non consistency with how you know what this event is and how we're presenting it to it, it's kind of weird right. Yeah, I, I think we we took it more in the serious route because like none of the talent has been chosen for BlizzCon yet. Yeah, and obviously we want to go, so we're not gonna like goof <laughs> off the things we shouldn't be so saying. Save your job. Okay. okay. And we want to like actually go to the event. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Got it. No, it, I think we would take it more competitively than we than we would have done like for a show match. It's definitely not kind of a show match level casting wise when we when we go to actually do this kind of game. Um, mm. Plus, you know, the people like for instance. Whenever we do like the like for instance like these go for League of legends or like these these small little tournaments, the teams who never get casted love it. Like the fact that they're like, oh my god, I'm being streamed and I'm I getting like casted, it. and I know what you, mean. You, you, yeah. you don't want to take away from that by like making jokes the entire time. You want to give them that that ex- or not exposure that um help me out here. 
Oh, please. That, no, I'm like, I'm don't, don't help him. Don't help experience. him. Don't help him. Yes, oh. that experience. Thank yeah. you. You want to give him that experience of being like a pro player and being casted and people watching and like his parent, like someone's like, hi, mom, and yeah, chat. Yeah, and stuff. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, so you don't want to take away from that and you don't want to like joke around too much, just, like saying, oh, that player, he was shit. He was terrible. Well, you, you, I mean, know, it's you, not like, you wouldn't say that, that, but it, you know, there'd be there definitely. I mean, if it was a show match, I sure as hell would call someone shit. I think. During the Atlantic showdown, yeah. when I saw Harbu playing, I said he was shit. Oh, wow. Wow. All those I, think he means, I think you mean sitting on C9. But, uh... Oh, damn. <laughs> I mean, damn. yeah, he did win. Yeah, I mean, uh, did yeah. a toss didn't win anything, so. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. All right. Well, <clears throat> that's a good way to end it. Um, but why don't we call it uh, a show? Uh, definitely, Harbu is a pleasure having you on. And. You know, I've been trying to get you on the show for a long time. I don't know if you realize, like, my original message to you was, like, months ago, I think, for the overview, so... I'll just say I normally... I hate how Discord doesn't have, like, a little beep or something when someone PMs uh, you on Discord. Because sure, so, after sure. time, I'll get, like, uh, Jason sent me a message a couple days ago, and I'll be like, I won't notice it until, like... The next day, it's like ah shit. Don't just, uh, notice it. Don't mm-hmm. notice it exactly. <laughs> and that's what it, it doesn't. It doesn't make like a beep or anything, or like it doesn't flash like uh, yeah. on my taskbar. So hey, Discord, if you're out there, uh, you got a good product, but there's some. Uh, it's got, it needs work. <laughs> it needs work. That's for sure. Uh, but big shout out to Tiffany for helping out and you know arranging it. Double teaming you basically. So yeah, a pleasure having you on. You had fun. That's always good. Oh, That's always man. good. You had fun. I imagine Chan Man and Tifa. Wait, was it you and me or was it Tifa and Chan Man? <laughs> Who was double teaming uh, Harblu? Uh, oh my god. Oh, you guys are like a ridiculous. All right, have a, you guys have, are have just a good night, so, everyone. So dirty minded, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyways, that thing. I have pleasure having you on. Me, that's a great discussion. And uh, you have any shout outs? And where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on my uh, Twitch, twitch.tv slash Harblue. That is H A R B L E U. That looks like chair Get closer to the mic. Yeah, shout out to WD40. Please give me some of your product to fix my chair. Doesn't Complexity have a chair sponsor? Uh, yes, but uh, we're not in the gaming house yet, so uh, you know you know what it is. But uh, I'll be streaming tonight. If anyone wants to, if they find me funny for some reason, they can tune in, and I'll be playing some uh, video games, trying to get my grandmaster back, uh, like probably twelve thirty a.m. Eastern. Uh, so that's enough selling out for me. Anyone else want to sell out? See, I do. do the, the normal shout outs that I do here, which is going to make you look terrible, is a shout out to Chairman for the show, and a shout out to my parents for letting me do what I love and giving me the opportunity when I was younger. Whoa, whoa. And Shout out to me, right? <laughs> for being and here. shout out to uh, the entirety of Complexity for having to put up with Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> and Jason Lake for not realizing what he got himself into. Oh. <laughs> well, and I'm Chicken a... Nuggets, McDonald's. Oh, yeah, McDonald's. What do you know that Harvey is thank just... You, thank you, McDonald's. Are they McDonald's chicken nuggets? I thought they were. They, you said you were they eating. They were right? McDonald's. Of course they're going to be. Ranch, ranch dressing. What do you mean? Oh, whoa, whoa. Okay. Watch your mouth, your son. I live in Germany. I've had four years of no ranch dressing. Don't pull this on okay, me. Okay, that was actually the weirdest thing when I went to uh, Europe was that I went to like a Subway or something and wanted ranch dressing on one of my salads or sandwiches, yep. I mean, and they just looked at me like, what is that? And I was like, uh, never mind. Yep, and also the sparkling water—it's all bubbly. Yeah, that was weird too. Yep. 
<laughs> All right, I'll round things out. Big thanks to both of you guys, um, Harbu and Jason, for doing the show today. Uh, those wondering where Ben is, Ben is like neck high in BlizzCon or not TwitchCon uh, planning right now. So um, you might not see him for a couple weeks, but he'll be back right after TwitchCon. So um, you know, Fishsticks hasn't gone anywhere for you guys wondering. Uh, but for those of you that missed some of the beginning of the show, you can find the vods on YouTube.com/slash/ChamianV. I'll upload those right after the show, so they'll be up in about thirty minutes. All the folks that listen on audio, you can find on iTunes and Google by tomorrow morning. So definitely check that out. And if you guys do enjoy the show on iTunes, uh, feel free to leave a nice review because it really helps uh, people find the overview when they're searching for Overwatch podcasts. Uh, but that's going to be it for this week. So for Hard Blue, Jason, and myself, Tammy, we'll see you next week. Later. Peace.